One more game awaits the 2022 Robert Morris football team as they look to avoid an 0-11 season and the first winless season in program history. And that opportunity will come Saturday when they welcome in former NEC foe and the most recent newcomer within the Big South Conference, the Bryant Bulldogs. We'll get you ready for all of that action and looking back on their last two games as they faced Charleston Southern a few weeks ago and Murray State this past Saturday. So welcome in to another episode of the Bobby Moe Football Show. As always, it's Nathan Bryson here alongside me. It's Ethan Morrison, and we'll get you some breakdowns of both of those previous games and, as I mentioned, get you ready for the Bryant Bulldogs coming into Joe Walton Stadium on Saturday. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in on the Colonial Sports Network. Ethan, you know the Colonials last two weeks, once again dropping both of those games against teams they could have just overall thoughts against teams they could have beat. Just overall thoughts on, you know, the past two weeks for the Colonials. Yeah, I mean, I think against um, against Charleston Southern, they they came out a lot a lot better than, I mean, you just look at the past couple of weeks before that game and just how they came out that game. They, they, they gave Charleston Southern a 20-point lead early on, and that was pretty much the game there. But you saw them put some drives together um, late in that game in that in late in the second half and then in the third quarter as well kind of make a run at run at Charleston Southern only trailed by 6 points early on in the third quarter so they so they they had a little bit of fight in them there but then against Murray State in, against a team that you know you're you're it was a team that was it was a very winnable game for them uh to not come on top there they had the lead at one point there as well uh 9 to 7 in the fourth quarter and you you thought that was going to be their best shot to win a game there was all for naught offense was rough in that game a lot it was a tale of two games really those past two weeks offense kind of showed out in that Charleston Southern game late in the second quarter and in that second half but against Murray State there was there was really no offense to show for there uh just struggling all around i mean Zach Tanner had i it was i believe 1 for 8 at the half for 8 yards so it, it was not a good showing for him. Uh, the, the QB carousel just keeps going round and round, um, you know, with quarterbacks coming in and out. Uh, they had chicken in uh, for a little bit of that game uh, against Charleston Southern. Obviously, Zach Tanner came out, played very, very well. Uh, so it was, a, it was a good switch in terms of the quarterbacks there against Charleston Southern. But, I mean, just overall, um, that next week against Murray State, Tanner struggled once again. Yeah, and as we talked two weeks ago prior to the Charleston Southern game, since we haven't had a podcast in two weeks, talked about the, the Colonials have a stretch here, the last three games to their best opportunity all season to grab a win, grab potentially three wins. And Charleston Southern, both Charleston Southern and Murray State were entering their games with one win. So it was the best chance for the Colonials to grab a win on the season and you know let's dive a little bit deeper into this Charleston Southern game as you mentioned as Anthony Chicken in there at the beginning he just struggled and after a game against App State where we saw some promising signs where maybe this was the guy in the last three games to get the go-ahead he got the nod at the starting position and went 18 went eight for 14 40 yards and then threw two interceptions which 
you know, that was the end of the day for him. Got pulled. Zach Tanner went in, and as you mentioned, Ethan, he played surprisingly well. I mean, for going in there, was nearly nearly completed 50% of his passes, 242 yards, um, two touchdowns on the day. He did throw another interception as well, but, you know, much better performance. And, you know, he goes in, and he, he's able to hit DeMonte Martin for a 44-yard touchdown pass. Um and also Kim O'Sullivan as well late in the game with a 21-yard pass. So it's also nice to see that they're able to, to, to lengthen the field a little bit with some some deeper catches and, and yards after the catch as well. Yeah, that was a breath of fresh air in that game, just seeing them just being able to spread the ball more downfield. Uh, I mean, Chicken took a couple of deep shots against App State uh, and connected with one of them. But really, in this game, they were just really just able to air the ball out and have a lot of the freedoms that we haven't really seen this team have over the course of this season and just having the ability to move the ball down the field. And I think that was a welcome sight in that game. But just, you know, you can't give up a 20 spot in that first half and expect to compete late in games there. It's just not going to pan out for you. And if, if, if Robert Morris just you know, showed a little bit of life in that first half, it might have been a different story, and they were, were they might have been able to get that first win under their belt against against the Buccaneers, but that 20 spot's tough to come back from. They, they made their best effort there, coming within six in that third quarter, but it was all for naught as Charleston Southern, uh, you know, went away with that game. Um, and that one, and, and, you know, for the most part, the pass defense held up, only 180 yards uh, given, got an interception as well. But once again, that rush defense struggling once again, uh, allowing 207 yards uh, net gain there and three touchdowns to the Buccaneers rushing attack. So not something you know out of the defense that you're looking for, but you know that that was a story of the game. That defense early on was not able to hold up against Charleston Southern. The ru- the rushing defense really got to them early on, got those three touchdowns there and, and, and pretty much put the game away. And as you mentioned, the pass defense continuing to play well, continuing to be in the top 30 within pass defense and the entire FCS. And it was Cozy Scarebrook who had the 81-yard interception. So not only is that pass defense been playing pretty tight and obviously teams are coming in with a game plan of running the ball in general, but – goes to show also that secondary was able to score some points as well, which is pretty important for the Colonials. And it was from a freshman in Scarebrook as well, which is nice to see not just some of the veteran guys in there, but some of the other players, the younger guys, being able to get established and get some points as well. So definitely probably a confidence booster for that secondary, getting in there and scoring some points, trying to get back in that game, but then you let up a couple more score. I mean, they were within a score once Scarebrook returns that, but – couple more scores after that on the running side and you know that's that's the contest right there that's the ball game colonials rush defense continuing just to struggle so you know back to back you know 10 plus yard runs in the third and beginning of the fourth quarter and then arm you able to score one more time but you know to no avail they, they were not able to come back in that one so colonials falling to the buccaneers on the road 34 to 21 and now flipping the script over to murray state to conclude the road schedule on the year for the Colonials. Another opportunity. I mean, Murray State, very similar to RMU, you know, pretty low on a lot of the categories within the FCS entering that game. But 
RMU, a little bit of a different story, a different tale in terms of they were leading heading into the fourth quarter, and Murray State's able to rattle off three straight scores, three scores in the fourth quarter, and able to act, able to put up 27 points. Yeah, and once again, we, we talk about that offense uh, struggling early on there in that game. Uh, Zach Tanner, really nothing to show for on the day. Um, he was the lone quarterback that went in 18 for 36, 92 yards, one interception on the day. That's just not going to get the job done for Robert Morris there. And in the rush in the rush offense also struggled in that game as well. Uh, Elijah Jackson, only 50 yards on the day and really Anthony purge as well. Just 13 yards on, uh, five carries. Elijah Jackson on 17 carries got those 50 yards. So it just wasn't a recipe for success um, against Murray State there. And it just didn't, it just wasn't a good look for Robert Morris. Yes, they kept it tight. Um, and they were able to get the lead there um, off of a uh, Zach Tanner 17 yard run on uh, a three play drive that went 24 yards. And I mean, that was just them just being able to flip the field and really have success with that. And uh, I, I, I think, you know, that, that was, that was a good positive for them in that game, but just to that collapse in that fourth quarter, just killed them there um, on the defensive side of the ball, rushing rush defense. We talked about it against the Charleston Southern game does not get any better there against Murray state, 249 yards net on the ground. Um, DeMonta Witherspoon, 80 yards, uh, and then Cortez Jones, 75 yards. Just those two right there was just able to, uh, just really end, end the Colonials day there on the, on the, on the rushing, on the, on rushing defense, just because, I mean, they were just so talented there. Also, uh, Lucas Marie, uh, 52 yards. Those were their three leading rushers in that game. And they just, were just able to control the pace of the game and, uh, and really helped them out um, later on in that game and really just sealed the deal for um, for Murray State late in that one. And at this point in the season, it's pretty obvious what teams are looking for in terms of game plan going in. You know, you have two teams in Charleston Southern and Murray State where they're entering the game with one win, but they know exactly what they have to do, and that's run the ball against the Colonials, and it's been working. I mean, Three scores for Murray State on the ground, and then for Charleston Southern, also three scores for them, both over 200, 200 yards once again. That's probably, what, nine out of the ten games they've played so far where a team has rushed over 200 yards on the ground. So it, it, it's it's pretty obviously obvious where the biggest weak point in on this Colonials team is, and that's that, that run defense. And obviously there's problems on the offense, you know, and – but I think just really the the inability to stop the run game has just really hurt the Colonials all around. And and on top of that, it doesn't help when the defense is out on the field a lot because the offense is, you know, in, in this game for against Murray State, four for 18 on third downs. And not that Murray State was much better going four for 14, but the inability also to convert on in that sense of the, the game has also hurt them big time and, when your defense is out there a long time, that's why they just can't hold up. And Murray State, you know, the Colonials were up. And whenever you can't capitalize and keep building on that lead, 
that defense is going to eventually break, and that's what happened. Yeah, and I think we've talked about that defense being out on the field a heck of a lot uh, over this past year and this past season, and we've seen it pay. They've we've seen them pay the price for that, and I, I just think as the season continues to go on, nothing. I mean, the the past defense is still holding up, but just. You know, as those games get on, the the quicker and quicker that defense is going to wear down just because of the sheer amount of time that they've had to spend on the field. And that just hurts Robert Morris moving forward. They have one game left uh, to try to get that, to find that elusive win. But the offense is going to have to show something, even though that rush defense has struggled the most out of anything this year. That, that, that offense, however, they just need to – find something and get into a rhythm um, to start off the game because even against App State, they just weren't able to move the ball around, move the ball down the field. Yes, an FPS opponent, but they just weren't able to move the ball downfield. And we saw that in the first half against Charleston Southern. And we saw that also against Murray State. They just weren't able to move the ball down the field. And that, that was just the price to pay for them because when you look at it, really that that one, that one, uh, that one drive was a Zach Tanner 17-yard run for a touchdown. They went. They only went 24 yards. They didn't really have a true drive down the field there. Um, they they still got the points and they still had the lead in the game, but just not being able to move the ball downfield is is one of the things that are hurting them the most there. Um, as we move as we inch closer and closer to the end of the year. And if, with one game left, with that coming against the Bryant Bulldogs, a former NEC foe, you know, before we get into that, real quick, looking at the Big South standings. RMU obviously in last place, 0-4 in the conference, 0-10 overall. Um, going from top to bottom now, North Carolina A&T, perfect within conference in a 7-3 overall record. And Gardner-Webb also 4-0 in conference, 5-5 overall. Campbell, Charleston Southern, both 2-3. And, so. and then Bryant, right above the Colonials, 1-3 in conference, 3-7 overall. And it's a big, big game for the Colonials coming up against Bryant. Absolutely, and yeah, it's, it's it's really just to find that elusive win and finally break through on what has been a rough season for Robert Morris. And when you look when you look at it, they've had their moments to where they were a competitive team. They 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 were in some games throughout the year. They just can't find a way to put it all together. And this is obviously their last chance to do it. And I'm sure a lot of the fifth-year seniors that are still with the program want to get that last win um, as a Colonial and, and go out on top there, even though this was a rough season for them. So it, it's a huge game. It's against a former NEC foe, which all of these fifth-years have at least played one time throughout their collegiate career here at Robert Morris. So it's a familiar opponent, even though some of the names will not be as familiar, but it's a familiar familiar opponent for Robert Morris heading into this game. So it's it has all the makings of being a fun game to end the year. It's Fansgiving at the Joe on Saturday. So it should be a really, really fun game. One last game. It's Senior Day as well. So it just should be an overall great game for Robert Morris, especially to end a year and find that hopefully find that elusive win for head coach Bernard Clark and the team as well. Also an opportunity for the Colonials to tie them in terms of Big South records as well, going 
they'd both be one and four. But real quick before we, we go in depth on that game, you know, also to mention just within the standings with North Carolina A&T and Gardner Webb, they'll face off against each other for that Big South title. So that's a game definitely to keep an eye on between the Aggies and the running Bulldogs. But going into the more important game for the campus of Robert Morris, Bryant coming to town, coming to the West Hills of Pittsburgh at Joe Walton Stadium. As we mentioned, you know, Bryant coming in to the game, currently 3-7 and seven overall, 1-3 and three within conference. And they were able to get some wins against Long Island, LIU, Southern, Southern Connecticut State, and then also a win over Campbell, the lone conference win. And they're coming off of a game, a one-score game against number five Holy Cross within the FCS rankings. So, and that game was on the road as well. So, very, very interesting, you know, game there for the Bulldogs with an opportunity to, to get another win. And to keep that close is, is, a, is a telling sign that, you know, Brian's going to come in with some fight. Yeah, and don't let that record deceive you at all. This is a very talented Bryant team coming into their game against Robert Morris. Like you said, Nate, they've played a lot of tight games throughout the year, have put up a lot of points as well. So that record's very deceiving. Their record does not show what they have been able to accomplish and what they've been able to do this year. And they've just been a very talented team that just hasn't found a way to, you know, get that one extra plus play and really, you know, get over the hump there because this team, I mean, very well just looking at what they've been able to do this year they could be i mean they could have been competing in that in that for that top vying for that top spot in the big south i mean just just looking at some of their games they only lost to 14 to four, by 14 points to Rhode Island early on in the year and and just some of the games that they've played uh they didn't lose by much against North Carolina A&T they they lost They've lost by one point against Charleston Southern, a game that they probably should have had. Scored 40 points against Gardner-Webb. Lost that game by eight points. So they're all like, for the most part, one to two possession games that they just need one play to go their way. And obviously, Nate, that Holy Cross game that you mentioned being a very, very close contest. But really, when you look at it, this team could have been probably a, a five-win a five win team um, at this point in the year. So, I mean, just don't let the record deceive you as this, as this Bryant team is coming in very, very strong, very, very hot, as we'll touch on in just a little bit, which is what they've been able to do, to do as a team this year and, you know, the numbers that they've been able to put up. Yeah, and then in terms of, you know, their quarterback play for Bryant, Evi Eckhouse has been, you know, really strong as a sophomore for the Bulldogs. 2,887 yards, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and then on the running side of things, I mean, they have a couple running backs, Ishad Byarm, Byarm and Ryan Clark both, you know, with some solid running performances. Clark has nine touchdowns on the year where Byarm has four. But that connection between quarterback Eckhouse and also um, on the receiving end, Landon Ruggieri, 884 yards and three touchdowns, a big-time playmaker for Bryant. Also, Anthony Frederick has four touchdowns. Um, a senior wide receiver for the Bulldogs as well. So they have some big-time connections, and Jihad Edmond as well, the tight end. So the Bulldogs will spread it around. They'll, they'll look for their, their running backs, but also the wide receivers and the tight ends. They factor in 
to the mix. So the Colonials are going to have to watch out for that. And we mentioned RMU being, you know, very, very sound in the secondary and in the pass defense. But Bryant has the best passing offense in the conference. Averages 312.2 yards per game. RMU's second best. Just by just by a hair are they out of the top spot with 190.8 yards allowed per game defensively. So very strong in the secondary. And that ranks them, like we mentioned earlier in the show, 28th FCS overall. And then for Bryant, just scoring-wise, they, they average 33.1 points per game, which is the best in the Big South Conference as well. So this Bryant offense is going to be a very, very true test. And, you know, just a few weeks ago we talked about potentially a win for the Colonials, but it's going to be just another extremely, extremely tough opponent for the Colonials. Yeah, and that's what that makes this – this is this is what makes that game so much fun is just the two, the two best, you know, offense and pass defense going at it. I mean, for the most part, I mean they're rushing. Their rushing attack's pretty good, but it's basically uh, relied on Eckhouse there this year. I mean, like you said, Nate, almost three thousand yards as just a sophomore as well, which is which is very very, which is a very very you know telling sign. He was really just able to develop from his freshman to sophomore year very very strongly. Um, I mean, twenty-two touchdowns to thirteen interceptions. That's a pretty, that's a pretty nice ratio as well. Uh, when you look at it, and, and with him averaging two hundred and eighty-eight yards per game, that's going to be a very, very interesting sign. I mean, and also we we we've seen this Robert Morris pass defense really come out and come out strong early on. We saw them against uh, Appalachian State come out strong against Miami of Ohio coming out really strong. But it's re- it's really about you know just once again. How is the offense going to complement that defense? Because that is going to be the most telling sign of this game. Because the longer that Bryant offense has a chance to be out on the field, that will hurt the Robert Morse defense. Because one, they're going to get fatigued. And Bryant just has way too many weapons for Robert Morris to keep a hold of throughout the entire contest. Now, I mean, that, and, that, and like I said, that's what just makes this game... Know that much more exciting because you you just get to see the top pass defense in in the Big South. I mean, just you know, fraction fractions of a point behind NCA and T, and then you know they're also one of the best, one of the top teams in terms of pass defense in the FCS. So just being able to see them go up against a really really good passing offense and Brian, who is top in the conference and who averages the most points in the conference, it's going to be one hell of a game just to see those those two sides go at it. And, I mean, it, it's going to also be a question for Bryant. Will they also, you know, feed the rock to their running core? And that's also going to be an interesting sight because that Robert Morris rushing defense has also struggled. So it will be interesting to see if once, if Bryant will not shy away from the from the pass game, but also try to incorporate the run game a little bit more than they have been, even though they've had a very, very strong run game, averaging 111 yards per game, averaging 3.6 yards per carry overall as a staff. But it's just going to be interesting to see how both teams attack each other um, on Saturday. Yeah, and for the Colonials, you know, big-time football coming ahead of them with the passing for Bryant and it'll be you know really interesting football game for the Colonials to see if they can hold up and withstand and 
you know, this week we had an opportunity to get out to one of their one of their last final walkthroughs and had the opportunity to talk to some of the defensive players and you know their goal is 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 to maintain that, you know, top 30, top 25 pass defense if they can and they have the chance to go up to probably one of the best passing offenses they've seen all season. So it's a chance for them to you know, sort of make a name for themselves in a season that just hasn't gone well for the the Colonials, but for our unit to really put a stamp on a year that's been, you know, not the best in the secondary with the opportunity to go up against Eckhaus and potentially perform well is is a big, big sign for the Colonials and and what they can do. And I know head coach Bernard Clark doesn't like to take those moral victories, but if this pass defense can come out and show up, and really put a stamp on their season as a core, as the defensive backs, and as the safeties, and just really put a stamp on what they've been able to accomplish this year. I think, you know, whatever, whatever, regardless of what happens in this game, if that pass defense can show up, I, I, I think, you know, head coach Bernard Clark can be, you know, proud of how that core has been playing. And, you know, also if the, if the offense can also, you know, have that game like they had against Charleston Southern where they showed that fight and showed that they can, you know, start to move the ball down the field. I think you can just, you know, go out of this season with some sort of positives and not, you know, really sulk in what has been a very, very rough season for Robert Morris, one of the worst in program history. So just to get over, you know, and just, you know, put, you know, the not the finishing touches on, you know, a, a bad season. That's not the right way to put it, but you know, just to come out of this last game with some sort of positives and end the year on the on the right foot is, is what I was trying to get at. End the season out on the right foot. Um, it, it will be very, very telling for this team moving forward. Yep, one last time for the Colonials to do some things and, you know, put one final touch on the season. And the Colonials will get ready to take on Bryant Saturday in what's expected to be a cold one. High of 30, low of 21 on the campus of Robert Morris. That'll do it for us on this podcast. Make sure to follow along on Twitter at RMU underscore CSN and on Instagram, Colonial Sports Network. We'll have the coverage on our website on Saturday between the Colonials and the Bulldogs. For Ethan Morrison, I'm Nathan Bryson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bobby Moe Football Show.